0: Hello and welcome back to French Football Weekly. My voice will be slightly unfamiliar to you because I've been away for a couple of weeks but I'm your host Chris uh, and I'm happy to say it's uh, a full compliment-ish this evening. I'll explain why in a moment. Uh, I'll introduce my panel first of all then. I have got uh, Mr Rich Allen. Hello Rich. Hello there. And I've got Mr Jeremy Smith. Hello Jess. Hello. And uh, Phil is here but only kind of... <laughs> have here because she's uh, she's not feeling great so hello Phil running at
1: 50% I'd say and my voice may also not sound familiar as I appear to be down three or four tones you are a stinking cold so there you go
0: definitely sort of on the side of Barry White there there's there's certainly some in that but uh,
1: Andrew Eldridge whatever you want
0: yeah either way either way we hope you get well soon Um, and uh, apologies I have a bit of a cough as well so all in all we're pretty damn useless but we're here nevertheless so uh, let's talk some French football because that's what we're here to do Um, right we've had two international games um, since we uh, sort of got around the microphone as it were Um, France playing friendly against Iceland, which ended in a 2-2 draw and a 2-1 victory over the uh, the former world champions, uh, now shells of themselves, Germany, um, which we'll come on to in a second. But we are going to start with the Iceland friendly because, uh, Jez, I'll come to you first of all. This was an opportunity for Daniel Deschamps, who celebrated a birthday this week, um, to kind of blood some new players, to <coughs> try the squad a little bit changed a few things around. It ended in a 2-2 draw. Um, Not quite as simple as that. The French were 2-0 down heading into the last five minutes before an own goal and that man Kylian Mbappe's penalty uh, in stoppage time scrambling a draw. Um, There was a few things that you were not particularly impressed with, I think it's fair to say, in terms of the the players who got given a chance.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean now with this league, with the uh, Nations League um, coming in, it's I, I, I'll start again. I think like, friendlies seem to get a very bad press. I know that you're particularly not a fan of international breaks, for example. But they, I think they certainly do have their merits in that it's pretty much the only chance that coaches get to really experiment um, with with their team, with um, you know bringing in new players, with trying new formations. And now there's the, the Nations League, um, which I think generally has is, is been probably positive. I think most people would say it's been positive. Um, it does mean that there's even fewer chances now for, for coaches to, to experiment. So a home match against Iceland, in theory, should be a perfect opportunity for, for Deschamps to be able to experiment and for, for some of those lesser-used players to really stake their claim. I think Deschamps did his bit. He really juggled the team. Um, a couple, in a couple of cases, it's because of injury, but whatever whatever the reason, he brought in quite a few players, either <clears throat> who aren't usually even in the squad or, um, you know, regulars in the squad that don't get too, too many opportunities to certainly to start, if not to play at all. Um, and frankly, most of those players really did not turn up or did not take their opportunities. Um, the glaring one was Kimpembe, who was a fool for both goals. But you know he wasn't the only one. tovin who, who quite rightly Marseille fans have been and others have been clamouring to to get more than sort of literally about a two minute appear of cameos at the end of matches, finally got to start and didn't look up to it. You know, it is his first international start. He was clearly very emotional about it all, so he shouldn't entirely be be judged just on the on the one match, of course. But you know he he didn't take his chance. Uh, Lamar, who replaced him, looks a shadow of his former self, Zi um, was okay, but also could have done a little better. Um, yeah, there, there were very few of the the not regulars who really <clears throat> impressed, arguably the only ones were Zuma who came on and, and, and did a solid enough job in defense mm. and Danmbele, who, who came on for, for his debut and. and Along with Mbappe, was was the player who changed the game. It was him harrowing, harrying and winning the ball back, which set up the first goal, which started France's comeback. But
1: none I, of the starting eleven were that new, though. Uh, apart from Dean, they were all in the the squad. So it was Zuma and, and Dobele who came on who. Dalbele made his debut there wasn't as much changing up as I would kind of expected but maybe you know with a semi-competitive match coming up next you wanted to be a bit careful but you, know, you look at the bank uh, look at the bench for Germany game then the, the, those new guys aren't being kind of Apart from Undorbeli not being kind of brought in as as much, it felt a I bit th- like a bit of an opportunity missed. I mean, I understand that they don't want to screw up the semi-competitive game, but it felt like I, there was a bit more that, opportunity um, there.
2: Deschamps thought before, and he talked last week, and you know, possibly it was not very um, good listening for for Lacazette, for example. But he talked about really wanting a sort of Uh, if possible having a kind of nucleus of like slightly bigger than a squad but you know maybe sort of Mm. 30 odd players from which he's going to be able to choose from and we'll all get to know each other and really form a group together. So I think it was possibly a lot to ask him to bring in completely new players who haven't been in squads recently and for them to start but he still started with quite a few players who aren't the usual starters. Um, You know Dean has been out of Squad for a while, he was a reserve for the World Cup, and he hasn't been in the squad for a while, for example. Same with Zuma.
0: I wanted to, um, I wanted to, to bring, bring Rich in on this one as well. Rich, the we obviously what everything Jazz has said is has almost kind of taken everything I, I wanted to, to cover in, the, in this particular game, but I do just want to ask you about a couple of individual players. Um, we mentioned Kim Bembe there, who um, I particularly enjoyed his. Um, oh no, I'm injured uh, after getting turned inside out. We've all done that at, at Sunday League level, I'm sure. Um, I sometimes do it as a manager, I just roll around just for the sake of it. But um, yeah, he, he was, was obviously one that, that was exposed quite badly. And I think in the last uh, PSG game as well, when obviously he got the red card, he was exposed badly by, by Leon in that game as well. Um, but there's a couple of others that, that I, I picked out. Usman Dembele is another one. I just can't... I don't know what it is. I can't get my head around why it doesn't work. Um, and, and the other ones, or the other two, I, I would pick out would be Dimitri Payet and, as Chesn sort of touched on, Thomas Lamar. Maybe focus on, on Payet and, and uh, Dembele in particular. Why is it that when they play, or when they have played of late, that they don't seem to... Set, sit in this formation, in this this style. What what is it about them that just doesn't doesn't click from an attacking perspective in this setup? Uh,
3: it's that's a very good question. Um, I <laughs> think you. I think for I think for Pi, I think it's um, the role that he's asked to play for for France is maybe a slightly different role than he's asked to play for for Marseille. Marseille, you know, he's seen as the player where you know Tovan drifts out wide to the right. Payer sits in the middle, dictates the play a little bit more, um, and his, his 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 role is seen as the driving force to take that team forward. I think with uh, when he's asked to play for France, it's a slightly more reserved role. Sometimes it's pushed a little bit towards the left as well. Um, so I don't quite think the roles are quite the uh, quite the same there. And ballet is the biggest frustration. You know, I'm am a as big a fan of Dembele as anybody. Um, and, you know, we've seen yeah, what a what a really good start he's made to the season with Barcelona. Um, yeah, he's, he's proving to be very frustrating for France. You know, he's got all the attributes. We know he's got the attributes. We know he's incredibly quick. We know he's good at dribbling. We know that there can be end products. Yet for France, just doesn't quite seem to... To, to click for him. Um, he is going to need to work out how to do that. And Deschamps is going to need to work out how to get that from it, um, Because the talent is there. Now, Deschamps isn't going to adapt his system to fit really any one player. That's not really how Deschamps works. So it's up to Dembele really to adapt to that system. And to be perfectly honest, in that sort of 4 two, three, one, there's very little reason why Dembele shouldn't work you know either either wide on the right or wide on the left there's no reason why that shouldn't work for dembélé um it's it's maybe it's meaning that he has to to contemplate defending a little more than he would like maybe that's maybe that's what it is but even when he's on the ball it it doesn't seem to click there's there's you know there's sort of one good run one one good you know end product for every sort of four or five attempts um, and that, that doesn't sit well for me with a player that undoubtedly has the quality that Dembele has. Um, so I, I, I'd like to see him get... He's another player, I think, that I'd quite like to see get um, a little bit more game time in and amongst the first team. You know, I know he he started the game in, uh, against Iceland, but, you know, there were a, a number of players there that wouldn't fall as part of the first team. I think Dembele is... You know, if you go on sort of first replacements, then Bele is you know, right near the top. Um, for for you know who is that sort of twelfth man? Who's the thirteenth man? Then Bele is is right up there. So I'd like to see him get more time. You know, when when Mbappe is on the pitch, when Griezmann's on the pitch, when he's got Pogba and Kante behind him, I'd like to see that um, because I think that would certainly help him. Uh, as it is, he's coming in in sort of bit parts. He needs the consist- He needs the game time to get the consistency. He's not necessarily a player that can come in and just produce, you know, in a in a 20-minute spell here and there. Now maybe that's not what you want from you, you know, a player like Dembélé, who's not automatically going to get into the starting 11. But there's, there's there's question marks there. There's definitely question marks there. Um, but there is also the talent there. So. Somewhere along the lines, somebody is going to have to make a decision. And whether that's Dembele to adapt to the new system or Deschamps in so much as, you know, you're really not performing for me. Um, you know, the, the the coming games are going to prove quite crucial, I think, for Dembele's future.
2: I agree with all that, but I think that, um, Desch- that Deschamps has given Dembele a lot more chances than Tovan, for example. And I mean, to be honest, at the moment, he's just a slightly better walk-up. He's a bit quicker, he's a bit more skillful, but the football yeah. brain, I think, still isn't there. You don't then, want
0: that on the CV, do
2: you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's easier when you've got Messi sort of occupying other defenders, and how good um, his France teammates are, but there doesn't seem to be much progression, certainly in France, and he is one of the ones that Deschamps sort of, that was Dembele and um, Benjamin Mendy, that, that Deschamps sort of made a point of, Saying that they need to improve sort of attitude or the way they look after themselves or that kind of thing last week, it's and
3: that, that 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 comment there then I think then justifies then about my my point of he needs to be playing when a more of those first teamers in and around him are playing, you know when, I, agree, when is,
2: I think he has been I think I mean without knowing the minutes I think he's, he's had quite a few chances and the yeah I think, I, know, think I think he's been playing well is against England.
3: I'd quite like. I'd quite like to see him get more time with Mbappe on the pitch. It seems mm. to be one or the other. The other yeah. um, whereas I think the the you know Mbappe being on the pitch can in effect have a similar scenario as as his you know the Messi role for for Barcelona in so much as he's the one that draws the attention, draws the draws the defenders, creating that little bit of extra space that Dembele that can. That then... would require him to start it in the centre, really.
0: And there's a lot of well, the, the difference I get with Dembele for France and and for Barcelona. Maybe it's the international game. Maybe it's the setup. I don't know. But there does, and this ties into Jesse Walcott's comment. There, there seems to be quite a lot of head down run. There doesn't seem to be too much with Barca. You always seem to get the impression that maybe it's because he's got Messi to pass to, but. He always seems to have a, a sort of an idea in mind when he receives the ball for France. I never feel like he knows quite what he's going to do next, which can be very good, I guess, mm-hmm. but can also be really not very good. And I think Gresman used to do the same thing, and he's adjusted his game both at oh, yeah. uh, club yeah, and yeah. and uh, um, uh, both at club and national level, where he's more than that now, far more than that. And I, I don't know; it's just a it, it's it's a weird one to to get get ahead around. I, I do just want to mention one other.
2: Sorry, just yes. Very quickly, I think. The one other thing with him, I do I mean I, I do agree it would be interesting maybe to have as as Phil said, I think it would have to be Mbappe down the middle and Dembélé on the right, but the concern as well is that, you know, rightly or wrongly, I think rightly Deschamps does put an emphasis on on attackers having to help out in defence, which is something mm-hmm. that Jury does massively. I mean, the Griezmann does massively, and it's something that Mbappe absolutely doesn't. And, and, like, and really something will come some on to in issue, the
1: Germany game,
0: possibly.
2: Exactly, but if, I don't. I'm not sure that Deschamps will be that willing to have Mbappe and Dembélé and have two players doing absolutely nothing to help out. Yeah.
1: Mm. It's like the kind of free radicals, as it were. Because what we saw, just kind of pushing it on slightly to the Tuesday game, was when Pavard's getting rinsed repeatedly by Leroy Saint, <coughs> which obviously is something that can happen, um, you know, you've got the situation where, okay, so we can move Mbappe central, but then who goes on the right? And you look at the bench and it was Dombele, or you completely change the formation and you you stick out another another midfielder in that. I mean, it was it was a slightly awkward situation um, in that second game where you knew a change had to come, but you weren't sure what it could be. And it, then it did turn out that you know the the um, kind of um, Personal brilliance of certain players came came into bear, but that's not something you can rely on. Formation so, so and tactically personal
2: brilliance of Deschamps changing
1: tactics and formation Yeah, but I to change in the same formation, there wasn't that aspect. So, what did change? It was Mbappe coming on, or oh, that was that was you know later. What what was the actual? Change. It's it. it wasn't
2: much Desch- that. Deschamps changed to a four-three-three, so that either Pogba or Bieseeman moved to the right, was given mm. <laughs>
0: I think the only other thing we'll we'll move on to Germany <clears throat> next, and just in a way to transition it, I do just want to mention one thing about international football and um i do get uh, i do get a lot of stick for this um I, I get a lot of stick when internationals are on um a for for baiting england fans which frankly <laughs> should, should just be a sport because it's, it's so easy um but the other thing i, I do get a lot of stick for is, is like well how can you support a team you know during a world cup and european championships and then say you hate the international breaks i think the reason i i dislike the international breaks is i dislike um the fact that when you've got a world cup or European championships, there's no other football. There's no other, uh, you know, the club season is on a break. There's nothing else to focus on. I love the fact that over a summer when there isn't normally football, you can support, you know, whoever you follow nationally uh, and you throw everything into that. And I think using England as an example, we saw that over the summer when, um, the, the flukiest run in national history happened and they got to the semifinals, finals just five corners. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, the, the nation as a whole came together as one and you had, you know, women and children and, and, adult and uh, men alike, you know, adults and children alike. And people that didn't even watch football necessarily um, were suddenly bounding or binding together to watch the game. And I, I, and that's the issue I have. It's the international breaks during the season because you, you get, your, particularly these first two, you get yourself so embedded in your club game. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it goes walkies, and that's that's the bit that I I hate about the quote unquote interlull because it's just so stop start. I mean, the, the
1: the first one, the timing of the first one is like you barely so got silly. the season started and then everything stops. Yeah. So I I understand that, but I think the the interlull is about. I mean, you've got the Nations League, which does appear to be making a difference, but also we've had the like the Afcon qualifiers happening yeah. over the last couple of weekends. Which are again fabulous fun. So it's, it's a difficult balance to bear, but I'd agree that, yeah, the first interlal is badly timed. Yeah. But we got things in this international break with this League of Nations, Nations League, whatever you want to call it, um, making something, as I said, semi competitive that we saw. Uh, this is a tiny little French note a Charles Aznavour tribute at Armenia Nil. Gibraltar won Gibraltar's first uh, competitive uh, victory. I think which they followed up uh, by beating Liechtenstein yesterday. Um, you know that's it does give the smaller teams a chance to do something useful instead of just getting smacked the hell in in you know, big tournament qualifiers. So I think the the Nations League is an interesting change. And it may not be brilliant for the players because they're knackered and they need a break maybe, but it has made things kind of more interesting on that front. So I'm hopeful about this. But, yeah, the first break timing needs to to change. That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and hats off to them trying something different. I think, you know, we're all bored of of trying something. So well played to them for that. That um, does nicely transition us into the uh, Germany game. Um, Rich, I'll start with you on this one. Um, The the term winning ugly um, is, is banded around a lot by both national and international teams. For me, that was a nicely way or a nice way of summing it up, um, because France weren't great, and I don't know. It's a really hard one to judge how this, how I feel about this result, because obviously France came out uh, winners, and they and they came from behind, um, which is great because it shows they can win ugly. But and I never thought I would ever say this. um, It's almost like yeah, but they only beat Germany. Like do you know what i mean it's it, it's a weird it's a very weird thing to say because but they're in such disarray at the moment um, I don't know how to take this, and would it also be fair to say there were two penalties that were probably very, very harsh at best given in this game? What did you sort of make of it overall
3: um i I think a lot has been said of of France being very poor in that first half i don't perhaps think enough credit has been given to Germany as to actually you know what they were really good um they were certainly far better than I think many many thought they were going to be. The way that they came out, that 3-4-3 uh, formation that they played. Leroy, Leroy Sane looked dangerous every time he was on the ball, um, whether he was popping up on the right or popping up on the left. He was a menace. To, the entire front three were, but, but Sane especially. Um, so I think in that, in that first half, Germany were just a lot better than I think France thought. And so it's... Yet again, great credit to Deschamps that, you know, what he reacted to that. It wasn't perhaps in the game plan that Germany were going to come out and play like that. Made his, made his changes at half-time and, and lo and behold, France come out a completely different team in the second half and get the result. Um, yes, I think both penalties were, were rather fortunate, especially the French penalty. Um, you know, it was, a, it was the, the German penalty, you can make more claims that, well, it did hit his hand. Yes, he's he's sliding, and there's not a great deal of, you know, there's not a great deal of intent. But it, it's it still hits it still hits his arm. It's it, you know I can make make more of a case that that's a penalty. You watch the replays of the um, of the French penalty. There's very little contact between Hummels and and Matuidi, and and so I think the Germans perhaps have a little uh, bit of a right to be a bit aggrieved about that, but. You know, as good as Germany were in the second half, I thought France controlled the second half really, really well. I thought that changed, a slight change in formation that Deschamps introduced in the second half really made a difference. Griezmann yet again uh, popped up with the goods and and seems destined to be as crazy as this sounds, almost underappreciated. Um, just how integral he is to this team. You know, we've we drift from from sort of Varane and Pogba and. And Cante to Mbappe, um, and sort of Griezmann almost gets overlooked for for it's all the not silly
2: crazy. It's true, <laughs> and it's an absolute disgrace
3: <laughs> yeah, for, for all this for all these silly celebrations. Which you know, some people love it, some people hate it. Um, on his day, he is an he is an undoubted <clears throat> match winner. That header last night was was remarkable. So, you know, so you saw the, you saw that yeah. you saw the pace on <laughs> Hernandez's cross. The instinct and knowledge to know that with one flick that's where the top corner was was you won't see many better headers if I'm perfectly honest
0: the distance as well like I mean it was, it's, it's, it was it is, this, is, this
1: it? is what pisses me off I, I had multiple power cuts last night in my area and I'm the power cuts managed to hit both of the French goals <laughs> and I was everybody's been talking about this header and I it, it's just not Watching it on replay is not the same as watching it live. You know, yeah. it's like we everybody in 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 the quarter was like, uh, uh, and then everything cut, and we we're all in total darkness, and it was like bollocks. And then, then you come back, and it's like,
3: yeah, that was really unfair. I yeah, think. but uh, but as a as a French performance as a whole, it was it won't go down as one of their best by by any means. But it, it really did highlight the importance of Griezmann. Um, I think there were a few questions then that, that, that get raised post this international, um, uh, these, these last two internationals. Um, you know, obviously Kempembe, we, we can talk about, we've, we've spoken about his errors <clears throat> in the Iceland game. He's suffering a little bit at PSG, gave away the penalty last night. Um, I tweeted during the game, it, it just makes that case that he's got to give Laporte another go,
2: mm.
3: just a go. Um, even stronger, I think, you know, we need to make sure that the backup for MTT is a dependable, reliable, top class international defender. And is just struggling at the <coughs> moment. So, you know, Deschamps isn't one for for massive changes, but he is one for, you know, if you are consistently pay, playing poor and you're not contributing to to the team, then, you know, your place is in jeopardy. Um so kimbembe has got some work to do, I think, over the next few weeks with PSG, just to show that 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 he is the top-class defender. We know he we know he is. This is just a, a blip in form and a run of of unfortunate events that have just all coincided at the same time. Yeah. Um, so there's the question mark there. There's still question marks as much as we all love Benjamin Pavard there's still question marks over that right back role. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not helped out by who plays in front of him in Mbappe by any means. So, you know, we, we cut him a little bit of slack there. Um, and then of course, you know, what happens with, with Matuidi? I thought he was, um, you know, he was okay, but there needs to be, I think, a, a more viable alternative to him. And, you know, whether, whether Ndombele comes in for him, maybe, whether, you look at more attacking, attack-minded, with someone like Thomas Lamar coming off off the bench and, and starting him more regularly. But there's certainly some questions that have been raised from this international break for Deshawn to think about.
0: Yeah, agreed. <coughs> um, Jez, I want to. Um, I w- kind of it's kind of a good transition it, it's too good an open goal to to leave hanging so I'm just going to slide this one in at this point um feel free to give us your thoughts on the game as well um and when you have done so I want to touch on that midfield that Rich speaks of there um and there's a certain midfielder who's causing some issues uh, with his contract I, I don't know who that could be um uh, floppy hair pays in Paris maybe um he wasn't even in the squad I talk of course of, of Adrian what, is is he is this almost like the role or the the, the squad that he should be in now? And almost his, his form or, or issues off the pitch with this contract or lack of focus is that what's costing him a place in in this squad? Or do you feel that that Frenchman field would actually be better without someone like him? Is he completely opposite to what they should be going for?
2: Um, in terms of the match, first of all, I pretty much agree with everything that Rich said. It was it was a poor first half i mean france actually started well until the the penalty which um yeah was harsh i thought but giveable um and although can has got the flack for it probably deserves some flack for for losing the ball weekly in midfield um but as rich said germany should be given credit for playing very well and exploiting um france's weakness which Probably not much of a secret anymore, which is not necessarily Pavar's fault. And by the way, on that, there was um, an interesting quote from Maxime Bossis, who's a legendary French defender today, which was that um, it's a lot easier for a sort of natural fullback to fill in at centre back than vice versa. So he kind of does see it as an issue that Pavar is a centre back and plays week in, week out as a centre back and then sort of plays in a secondary position for for France Um, but they did get it together by all accounts a few people had words to say at half time and Deschamps made his changes and it was a a much better second half. Um, I think every player went up a few levels some started further back than others so overall still wasn't a fantastic game Um, and others like Hernandez for example was um, were a fantastic second half. But, yeah, midfield, um, I mean, you could argue that Kante and Pogba were both quite poor in both matches. And yeah, Rabiot, whether he deserves a starting place or not, he, you know, especially with Tadiso out, he definitely should be in a sort of debate for who should be in midfield. And, yeah, he, You'd think that all things being normal, he would have been the one to come in rather than Ndombélé with Tediso out. But I think the only reason that he's not in the squad at the moment is because of his his little hissy fit when he was named as the reserve. And the they fact could, was... they
1: can hardly bring him back after that, <clears throat> can well, they? I,
2: look, not yet. Look, I think Le Lecrette and and Deschamps have been kind of. Playing quite a not a clever game. I think they've been just doing the right thing with this. They said, "Look, the door's not close to him, but you know what he did was out of order. He needs to have mm-hmm. a think about it. He needs to sort himself out. And it's not, and it's too soon to bring him back. Um, you know, it's not like going quiet and kind of saying he might come back, he might not, and never having an, having an intention to pick him again. I do think that Deschamps would be opening open to picking him again, but." I do agree that he probably needs a little bit more time on the naughty step and possibly show in other ways a little bit more maturity in terms of sorting out his contract. I don't think it's the contract <clears throat> dispute or anything like that that's keeping out out of the France squad. I think it's purely down to what he did before the World Cup. But maybe But this this is a demonstration of Exactly, yeah.
1: How mature he is, how influenced Fortnog. he is. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, I think
2: knuckling down, signing a contract. If I mean, if he wants to stay, which apparently he does, um, if he wants to stay, just get on with it, sign the contract. I mean, Rich tweeted about it the other day and it said that you know it does sound like he wants to stay, but he does want his money's worth, and obviously the money is like ridiculous not money for us. But when you look at the fact yeah. that Tito Kera is being paid more than him then actually, for once, I'm kind of on his side. And I think he does deserve a little bit more money. And, you know, if it's because Carers pay too much, and that's PSG's problem, but I understand why Rabiot needs to be shown a little bit more more love from
0: him. Yeah, it is, a, it, is a, it is a tough one. Um, and I, I think that's going to be one that might have some legs in January when inevitably people are going to bid if he hasn't signed the deal. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. <coughs> Um before we do leave the france Germany game though um Phil has a gripe um about yeah. a certain position um, yeah, we've we've kind of covered that it's basically Pavard was getting rinsed all the time, so uh, okay, so somebody
1: you, needs to help the guy out, and you know the two biggest right wing options are mbappe and De who won't he won't so, yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> either, you, you either change the formation to give the guy a bit of help or or you find a right back who can cope with Leroy Sane which is i,
3: mean, I ironic, ironically, a
1: difficult thing to do ironically <laughs> no, someone no, that no. plays
3: on the right that does track back is Tova yeah, <laughs> That's exactly yeah
1: that was yeah. yeah the other option so uh, yeah, <coughs> it's gonna... um, just awkward I'm going to mm-hmm. make
2: enemies here, but I'm getting a little bit excited. Really? Mania. I think he's absolutely amazing, but it's going a little bit overboard. And he is still a professional footballer and a member of a team of eleven players.
1: So and basically, he's not the messiah. He's a very naughty boy.
2: But it, but he's it not is quite naughty. But you know, if he's <laughs> playing in that position, he should be doing his job and helping out a little bit in defence. Well, and I he could, He could might then... say, realistically argue I shouldn't
1: be playing here I should be playing in the middle well
2: Obviously, maybe well, as long as Deschamps you, you then start, start looking at Dembele and going well can you defend well whatever but uh, if Deschamps picking him to start then he should be doing his job in that position and um, he seems to be exempted from uh, well he's exempted himself from defence and he's exempted mm-hmm. from criticism in some quarters and um,
1: and, and having back, kind of as the midfielder just behind him kind of <laughs> a bit, because he's going to be the one that goes over and tries to help out.
2: But he well, no, that's everywhere. the thing. If there's two in yeah. Midfield, then he doesn't do that. That's why Deshaun has to change the formation to give mm. him more protection. We're still more protection, cool. But, um, yeah, just, you know, but it seems that there's <clears throat> a huge campaign, mainly run by Mbappe. Who, you know, amazing timing that he had his time front page last week, and amazing timing that he went back to Bondi today, and amazing that there were various media, out, media outlets live tweeting about it but you know th- this um, Ballon d'Or campaign is getting really silly and alluding back to what Rich said earlier you know, we both agree that Baran should be Ballon d'Or but assuming he's not going to be because defenders don't get it um, if it's between Griezmann and Mbappe, and in a way it would be quite funny if Messi or Ronaldo got it again and all those for nothing but um To me, it's absolutely no doubt that Griezmann is still the main man in the team. He was, when France was struggling yesterday, he was the only one intelligent enough before Deschamps changed it to realise that he needed to drop back. As you, you know, the same that he was, as he was doing in the knockout stages of the World Cup. He was everywhere. He was in the right place. He was knowing when to put the foot, his foot on the ball and stop things or speed it up or start the break or be at the end of the break or have the to take the penalty or whatever it is. And I, I do think it's, I don't know if it's some kind of um, sort of PSG pressure group or or what, but um, the stick that he's getting just to kind of big up Mbappe, I think, is extremely disrespectful. And mm, it's really I scary. think that... there was a very good tweet by a Marseille fan actually today saying that Mbappe is the is the ban on door of um, people who read gossip magazines and under 18 year olds. And <laughs> like Griezmann is the ban on door of people who know about football. Mm. And, and then someone else um, replied, and Varane is the ballon d'or above all of those ballon d'Ors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think when people
1: talk about kind of one-dimensional footballers, obviously that can't describe Mbappe. But I think when you're looking at Griezmann, he's kind of a 3D footballer. So mm. there is a difference. Uh, a difference there, and you know, in certain jobs, you don't necessarily need to be that kind of player, but it does help. But in some Situations, it's key, and that's what he's doing. So,
0: I mean, yeah. I, 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 uh, I actually, I'm one of probably one of the few on this this particular pod, and, and indeed across French football or world football, that I actually quite like watching Neymar. But even you have to admit, it is quite funny seeing Mbappe upstage. Well, I, was, I was
3: about to say oh, that. God. That's <laughs> the only way I could get on board with Mbappe winning the Ballon d'Or.
0: Yeah, is
3: I would love, I would love to <laughs> do. At Neymar's house, <laughs> or in, wherever wherever he is, because he won't be at he won't be at the ceremony. No, wherever he is, and his face if Mbappe gets an M,
0: <laughs> it's just it's just that picture. I know it's going back back in time now, but that that picture that did the rounds after in the celebrations after the Lyon mm. game, it was obviously just pure one of those camera takes a snap. You know, it, I'm, I'm sure it's not it's not intentional. It's just it's that's his facial expression at the time, but. That did make me chuckle, and uh... just
3: uh, just one just one comment, just so I don't get my usual um, Neymar fan club on my back. Um, he has actually played very well for PSG. He let's has, yeah. Let's, yeah. Move, let's move on from that
0: yeah yeah let's move on but but no fair play he has indeed uh and and i'm sure his move to real madrid will be that much closer as a result or or back to barcelona or back to barcelona yeah yeah yeah, whichever you prefer take your pick on that one um but um yes yes we'll leave that for a rainy day but nevertheless um france got the win which Mm -hmm. is ultimately what you want and Can,
1: uh, can, can we just mention obviously it was um Deschamps' fiftieth birthday before the uh, Germany game, Uh, they sang him a song. It wasn't a happy birthday; it was one of the la 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 songs. But there was some epic pyro on the (laughs) birthday cake that the French Football Federation got for Didier Deschamps. It's like this beautiful, really healthy-looking cake, which I'm sure involved oats and carrots and stuff, (laughs) covered in fruit and the usual. They do this in France. Lovely kind of uh, icing. Uh, icing label that has the message on it and then just these two big flares (laughs) stuck in the side of it and on fire uh, which I thought was which I thought was very nice
0: I I particularly enjoyed him in training as well watching those videos where he's clearly still got it um, in spades Uh, (laughs) it's quite amusing I I did think but uh, yes the main, the
2: main thing I took out of him turning 50 is just how young he was when he coached Monaco to the Champions League yeah
0: yeah, forget that. Yeah, and, and I didn't think he was
1: that young, if you see what I mean. I thought he was already over. Okay.
0: Yeah, I, I did. And and yeah. also, it made me realise just how bloody old I am that France 98 still feels like last summer to me, and it really wasn't. Um, and that depresses me greatly. So um, let's just hastily move on from that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes... <laughs> Many happy returns to uh, to Didier, and well done to France for winning that result and keeping my Twitter timeline quiet. Because I know that the minute France lose a game, I'm going to get a barrage of abuse, which I always look forward to. Um, Anywho, let's, uh, let's turn things to uh, a form of, of a debate. Um, and this week, it might, uh, might not surprise you to know that we're going to talk about a, a new appointment in the managerial stakes. Um, it wasn't uh, a huge surprise when AS Monaco decided to announce uh, their new coach would be Thierry Henry. It um, was officially dealt with today, as it were, in terms of the press conference. Um, just going to uh, going to start. Uh, want to get everyone's thoughts and feelings on this one, um, Jez. I'll come to you first of all because you covered. I say covered. You you watched the presser in in full. Um, please feel free to divulge anything of interest. Um, one thing I do just want to make make mention of, um, Thierry. You're a very stylish and dare I say very sexy handsome man, um, but those trousers no that was not a good look um it was almost like the old party up top uh hangover down below uh, if anyone hasn't seen it it's a full lovely smart shirt and jacket and tie combo on top and then down below it w- looks like it almost looks like his training pants um uh, along with trainers i'm not buying that look whatsoever but fashion side uh put to one side i should say what did you make of the, the press conference jazz and what were the sort of things that you took from from that if anything today
2: um, I, I, I think the press conference was, I guess how you'd expect, but it was still impressive to see. You know, he's, he's very charming. He yeah today from the waist up is you know very good looking and presentable. Um, talks a fantastic game. Fielded questions brilliantly in English and French, um, and yeah, definitely made a really good impression. Um, obviously what matters is what's on the pitch. And he he was helped out a bit by Vasilyev, who, when he was asked, said, you know, I haven't given any kind of targets or expectations to Ori. Ori, you know, did make a point of saying, you know, joining with your team, 18th in the league, with a few injuries with a few suspensions, not having even before my first match, being able to work with all the players because quite a few have been on international duty is not going to be easy and not the same as, you know, starting from, from the beginning of the summer and being able to work all the way through the summer. So they both kind of, I suppose, set out a few caveats. But um, in all other senses, it was, it was you'd like it because he alluded a couple of times to the affection he has for a certain club in London as he does it. <laughs> But He's a, he spoke, a big at fan, I believe. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he spoke really well. He talked about you know, some, some of the themes that he kept coming back to, were, you know, hard work, um, the team knowing the sort of concept about of he wants to play. He kept saying, "I'm not going to go too too far into detail about my philosophy of the game." Someone asked, "You know, are you going to be an attack minded?" Um, manager and he said it entirely depends, it depends on the situation, it depends on the opposition but the main thing is that I want good balance, I want hard work um, and that will give us security and then after that the wins will come but the important thing is you don't get the wins without the hard work. So he said all the right things, talked about how much he's learned from Vengo, talked about how much he's learned from Pet. He talked about, obviously, a lot about you know, how emotional and especially it was coming back to Monaco because that's where he started his career and he got his first chances. Um, he also talked about Claire Fontaine and how that you know, started him being a kind of thinking footballer from a very young age. He talked about the fact that he, he loves the, you know, the classic non-school of play as well. So, yeah, all as you'd expect, but still impressive stuff from him. And just hope that, well, I hope that he transfers it onto the, onto the pitch or onto the touchline, whatever you want to call it. I okay. think it's a, it is a very tough job or a tough time to come into the job. But I think a lot of things will hopefully be in his favour. It just, you know, as long as he can get the players behind him. And I think he'll certainly get the young players. He's got a couple of um, Belgian internationals there who will, who will help him. I've heard a couple of people say that. You know, if anyone can get the best out of Tielemans, maybe he can. Um, I, you know, I certainly, you know, unless it's a massive disaster, even if he sort of finishes mid-table, then hopefully that will give him until next year, and then maybe next year we can judge him based on having a full summer with his squad, having maybe some of his own signings coming in. The only slight worry, actually, was that Vasilev was asked very early on you know, to, to accommodate are you going to change the Monaco project? And he said, "No, I'm not. It's worked really well. Why would I change something that's working?"
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. Every bad team goes through a bad phase. they are going through ours now. But overall, the project's done it's really well the last few years. So that's the only sort of dark cloud on the horizon that I can it's, see. But so far, I mean, that's far so good. What we were
1: talking about last week, wasn't it that you know you can criticise Jardim for how badly things have started this season, but that's a function of having his best players sold out from under him every summer. Mm. And at some point, the club has to consider whether that's a good idea or not. And if they're not considering that, then that could be very problematic if only can't, can't turn it around uh, and pretty quickly.
2: Yeah. I guess the difference maybe this time would also be that if Monaco don't have such a good season there might be less interest in their yes. players, anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah. But then That's people will come in with bids which are lower, yeah. probably, because they'll see have... they're still a good player, but now they're not worth 40 million, they're mm-hmm. worth 12
0: that they're they're almost that side and i hate these analogies but sod it i'm going to throw it in anyway they're almost that side that when you're when you don't really know a huge amount about french football or maybe if you do um but you you start a a career mode on fifa and you go right who can i rebuild and they're almost that side because you know that they've got everything sort of the, the building blocks are there but you've kind of got to start almost not from scratch, but you've got to kind of rebuild what it once was. So it's kind of one of those teams. And speaking of rebuilds, um, Rich, you have you've, you've sort of got across the information about in terms of who he's appointed um and what they may potentially bring. And and I, I wanna ask you as well, do you think sort slightly off the cuff question, but if Monaco drop out of the Champions League, which is fairly likely is maybe a Europa Europa League run, sort of Sevilla esque or Marseille esque something that that Thierry might focus on, given the fact that obviously you know the league in our title is, is gone. Um, the highest they can probably finish, barring miracles, is probably mid table. Is it worth now focusing on on the cups and, and particularly Europa League if that's where they drop into? Uh,
3: I, I mean, potentially, potentially. I think there's a there's a lot to be said that really he just needs to focus on getting that league form back. Um, I think the thing I'm looking forward to most with the Henri appointment, I, I'm still, I still am a little hesitant on it, but I am very much looking forward to seeing how he works with the the younger players. Mm. Um, you know, with with the, the the Monaco project being forced, if you like, due to competition, to have to go after younger players than they've ever gone after before. You're now bringing players in who oh. grew up, grew up idolizing Henri. Grew up watching him on TV, watching him on on YouTube, posters on the wall, yeah. all of that. Um, so if anyone's going to to get these young players excited and, and back on the, yeah, back at their to get them at their very best, then it's going to be Henri. Mm. Um, so, I, I mean. In terms of the project itself, if, if ultimately it's not going to change, which seems as it isn't, um, then I mean, I, it's, a, it's a really difficult one. Uh, I, I'm concerned on how Henry interacts with the senior players in the team because they, more than anyone else, are to, to blame, I think, for the, the form that, that Monaco have found themselves in because they've just been so bad. This, this start of the season, and that's pretty much every senior player have 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 let the team down and let Jardine down. Hence, why we're in this scenario. But if Henri, if he's going to get the best from this, team, he's got to he's got to work out a way to work with those older players as well, who may not appreciate someone like Henri coming in and calling the shots. So that'll be interesting. But he's bought some, he's bought a couple of player, a couple of, players, a couple of backroom staff with him um who make for for quite interesting reading He's bought the, the benfica under 23 coach can't say i know a huge amount about him but Joao carlos valado Tralho. forgive my, forgive my portuguese pronunciation
2: <laughs> he did but, perhaps, but he perhaps, did his um coaching badges with Ori in wales so i think that's how he knows it. Um, there we go
3: yeah. there we go but he's also then bought um Kwame Ampadu, who I believe was the Arsenal, was he under 18?
0: He was, yeah, and very, very highly regarded in that role as well. So I think that will be... Yeah, uh, so... And Ampadu's dad,
3: I think. Yeah. yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, he, the yeah. young boy who's playing for Chelsea in Wales. Yeah, he's very awesome. He so, needs a good haircut, mind, but which is ironic coming from me. Carry so there on. was,
3: there's, there are interesting points. There was rumours that Julien Stefan, who's the, the reserve team coach at Rennes, and, and um, Béchop's assistant, uh, Guy Stefan's son, was going to come in, but um, Ren were were looking at quite a hefty compensation payment of, I think it was rumored to be around a million euros for him. Um, uh, Julien Stéphane is very highly regarded, has worked very very well with bringing through a lot of very talented young players at Rennes, um, but that seems to have uh, that seems to have closed that 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 potential um, hire. The uh, Rennes president Olivier Latour has come out and said that ain't. That ain't happening. Not on, mm. not on my watch, kind of thing. So, he's he's certainly made the right moves, I think, in his in his first couple of days. You know, the press conference today I think was very positive. Um, I think the, the the noises that are coming out of the Monaco camp are all positive. Um, I think what Henri has in terms of ideas for the team are all very positive. Um, you know, he's clearly got a good footballing brain. Whether um, that, along with with you know the all the other France '98 guys who've gone into management. Whether that that proves enough, um, there was quite a, a nice little, very brief interview with Laurent Blanc, uh, who sort of praised Henri as being very courageous in terms of taking this on as his his first his first solo you know managerial position. Um, but ultimately said, look, he doesn't need any advice from me. He's a big boy, um, so. There's, there's certainly a lot. I think a lot of players. uh, Sorry, a lot of former players that Henri can turn to. He's, he's going to have contacts who have made that step from, you know, top class player to top class coach. And Blanc will be one of them. Zidane will be one of them. Deschamps will be one of them. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: You know, he'll, he'll have those that, that if he is wise and if he is sensible, he'll be talking to behind the scenes. He'll be, he'll be taking some guidance from Deschamps. Obviously, has first hand experience of coaching at Monaco itself as well, albeit under, under a completely different um, sort of platform that, that Monaco were at the time. Um, but he's got, I mean, he's got the tools. He's got all the support that he needs. He's got, you know, experience from the place playing career that he's got. So it's its very exciting. Um, I'm just reserving a little bit of judgment as to whether it will actually be successful or not. <laughs>
1: With Jez saying earlier that he's... Henri Man is back. That's the <laughs> excitement, isn't it?
0: And and this is, I mean, they they open the, uh, Monaco's first game with Henri at, at the helm is is away at Strasbourg on uh, on uh, Saturday evening at seven o'clock UK time, which is one that I'll probably be interested to keep tabs on. Um, he he my... covered
2: he covered a lot of the stuff that um, that Rich just thought about, and you know, it was interesting. He said that he talked to see and Deshaun and it used to be that they would just chat about football. And mm. now, any season, they chat about coaching and tactics and what you know, what they like doing and don't like doing, and what works and doesn't work, and things like that. Mm. So, um, and there was something else that Rich said that he touched on. That. I can't remember what it was. To be honest.
0: All good stuff. I, I think <laughs> um, uh, my only concern, and, and Phil, I'll, I'll finish up with your thoughts on on this one at this point. My only slight concern, and I think a few have mentioned it, is. Is Thierry going to suffer with, uh, with it's slightly unpleasantly named, but the best way I can put it, Roy Keenism, um, in that is he going to potentially struggle to manage players that are just simply not as good as he was? Um, and I know that's, a, a, I mean, you could say that about any manager, but Thierry was was just so elite at his highest level. Is is he going to find that some of these players are just simply not capable of doing the things that maybe he would envision envision them doing um well, is, is that a concern you you know
1: he he made reference in the press conference to having done his coaching badges and spent time putting out the cones you know so i think he's obviously it, it will be part of that. I think it would be weird for him to not think back to his playing career when you're still playing football. But I think he'd be um, able to to deal with that. He does have some very, very good attacking players in that team who just need a bit of organisation and support and stuff. And I think possibly Roy Keane is not the best um, kind of comparison to make on the grounds yeah. that the man appears to be... not managing. Covered. But no, I mean, but he does appear to be a really,
0: really difficult human being. Mm. Uh, so I, I do want to stress on record. I'm not remotely comparing Roy Keane interior. <laughs> people well, just yeah. want to get that right. Very clear. But yeah, well, I, like <laughs> I think if,
1: if he's, but if he has brought in a good backup staff and he has had, you know, his experience as number two was in Belgium where potentially they weren't managed as well as they could have been. So Mm. if his backroom staff is going to be able to cope with some of the more meat and potato stuff, which to be fair, they do need to do Monaco, Mm. um, get that defense kind of uh, sorted out and get the, the attacking potential working better then fine. I do think this is a big ask for your first kind of uh, A-team role, but I think this will be fabulous fun to watch. As I am a neutral,
2: so yeah. He he said that um, on the coaching staff. He said that it's important. He didn't want to have yes men around him. He wanted people willing to disagree with him, and for them to you know have a sort of debate and then come to consensual agreement on on um, what to do next. And in terms of his kind of playing career he said yes i think it will help me it will be an advantage in some ways but first of all you know some great managers weren't great players and vice versa mm-hmm. and also often when he was asked about playing career and including in the context of you know you went you had your sort of run-ins with, with french media and everything um you know how how's that going to be um for you he was saying that's my playing career that's over i've mourned the death of my playing career this is a whole new career for me now let's look forward mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. he does strike me as being i um, just in practical terms intelligent enough to be able to make that division
0: yeah
1: um so you know but like and- i say, i think it's going to be really interesting to watch um, and I'm
0: sure, I'm sure we're all looking forward to the first video of mm. of him and uh, uh, Oblev putting his hand on Thierry's, or, or Thierry <laughs> putting his hand on thigh, and looking. Oh, that, that, at that the thing in on. the press
1: conference where he spoke in English, then realised it was a translator.
0: It, <laughs> <Yeah. all right. laughs> it is quality. Yeah, um, we we got to love him. Uh, vavavoom, and uh, at least we'll still get to see him in Renault adverts on Sky. He had to,
2: the two questions that he answered. In English were well, basically repetitions of things you'd already answered in French because yeah. the yeah. journalists there didn't understand what was going on. Mm.
0: Yeah, I do, I do love a, a press conference in a variety of languages. I would, I certainly wouldn't get on very well, but still. Well, we, we wish Thierry all the best of luck, um, certainly from my perspective as an Arsenal fan. I've had to go back slightly on. I, I had a little bit of a meltdown when Monaco sacked Jardim, and I did say that uh, I would only be happy now if I saw Monaco back where they belong in Ligue 1. I do have to kind of take that back slightly, just purely because of how much I love Thierry. So I feel like a bit of a hypocrite, but hey-ho, uh, that's life and I don't care. Um, right. We shall um, have a quick look to to finish at uh, what's to come because obviously we have uh, club football returning um, this weekend. And on a very brief side note, uh, a story I've just noticed as well, speaking of returns, uh, one, one Monsieur Wenger is apparently ready to return. Um, he's come out with some quotes today uh, saying that he believes he will start work again on January the 1st. <coughs> so make of that what you will. But um, after a little break, he's ready to come back. So... Um, yeah, we'll see where, where he ends up. But, um, but on the pitch, uh, this weekend's fixtures, we have uh, Olympique Lyonnais opening up the weekend uh, on Friday night as they host Nîmes, uh, a game that um, might be worth a watch, actually. For the, Olimp- the
2: real Olympico.
0: The real Olympico, indeed, yes. Uh um, Then we see, yeah, indeed the Crocs. Then we will see uh, just how many PSG rack up at home to Omiyan. I'm sorry, that's really cruel, isn't it? But I I think that's probably a safe home win at four o'clock on Saturday. Uh, Then in the evening games at seven o'clock, we've got uh, Khan hosting Gangol. That's Champions League chasing Khan. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dijon um, will host Lille, uh, who still had a, a very, very good start to their season. See if they can continue it there. Nantes faced Toulouse. Um, I, I did We. I, I've missed a few weeks. Obviously, been on holiday. Non still, still managed um, by the same. Is, no, is, no, no. That no. has all changed. Has it? I, got, I did miss that. Oh yes, I see. So they um, got Toulouse's form is not fabulous. No. So. Halli Honsvich, yeah. the new coach at Nantes, or is that a caretaker coach? Yeah. No, right. coach. no he's, he's in. Okay, see, I'm, I missed these things, so there we go. Uh, Ram face uh, Ange, <coughs> and uh, as we mentioned, Strasbourg host Thierry's Monaco. And then on the Sunday, the early game is Montpellier-Bordeaux. I think it's face- Race for Europe. Yes, indeed, um Bordeaux. Uh on a, on an upturn of fortunes of late, so they'll be hoping that that continues. And Montpellier is high as four. What's going on here? Yeah. unbeaten uh, so in
1: fifth and seven, I think.
0: And and having a whale of a time up there, okay. and all all. Still not um, scoring that many goals, but <laughs> you know, whatever. However, overrated. Speaking of scoring goals, Saint Etienne, who all of a sudden have decided they've uh, decided to score goals this season, it's it's bizarre. Uh, They host Rennes. Jardine uh, Flayers Rennes, don't you mean? Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. Sorry, Rich. Yeah, had to throw that one in. Um, And uh, Nice Marseille is the uh, is the evening game on the Sunday, um, which again could go either one of two ways. Could be an absolutely um, hilarious uh, romper minute. game or it just could be really dull I really can't, can't call that one um, which of these games stands out to us all then? Um, Rich is there one that you you sort stands out from the pack for you? Uh,
3: I'm going to be very biased and say Santetien and Ren. I thought you might um, Santetien obviously <laughs> coming in off first game back after the national break they didn't go into it in a, after a pretty poor performance at Lille um, having started the season so well and Ren having picked up that hugely vital, hugely important, and, and uh, as I say, Jardim's slaying win um, when they won at Monaco. Um, so it, it should be a good game. Um, the Kazriko, as we will call it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, think that, I think that should be fairly entertaining.
0: And I, I want to give a shout out to uh, Oli Selnes, by the way, who's he, every time I've watched him, he's really impressed me. He scored another. Um, cracking goal for for yeah. Norway during the international break, and I thought he was brilliant against Monaco. I thought he was really, I think he's a really good midfielder, very understated, but he's he's one to keep a little eye on. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to get that in. Um, Phil, is there a game you're you're particularly? Yeah,
1: key? I'm I'm looking at Montpellier Bordeaux fourth versus seventh, both That's unbeaten.
0: developing this. here.
1: Well, yeah, I'm yeah, biased, obviously. But, I'm looking forward yeah, to the Mets. Neither,
2: <laughs>
1: neither of them are doing particularly well in the scoring front or defending, it's, but something's got to give. So it's going to be interesting to see that. I think um, we may have somebody looking at that uh, match <laughs> in particular and Yang Karamo in particular over the weekend, Craig Carter, maybe putting a piece in for us early next week. So. That should be a very interesting game, because as I say, the race for Europe is, you know, the clump is forming, so we'll we'll see who who gets
0: the best of that one. Yeah, we look forward to uh, next week's six-hole draw that we can talk about in (laughs) that one. I Um, seriously doubt. (laughs) Yes, me too. And, uh, Jez, uh, which one are you um, particularly keen on?
2: Uh, There's two or three, to be honest. I mean, Strasbourg, Monaco obviously, I think, could have could have been a good match anyway, but mm. obviously now much more attention. So that's going to be an interesting one. Um, Dijon-Lille, Dijon have lost a lot of form. Mm-hmm. Um, and weirdly, last year they were fantastic at home. This year they've been awful at home. But, um, you know, they really need to find some form this weekend, that, that, considering how rampant Lille are at the moment. And then I think Lyon-Nim could be great. I mean, Nim started the season like a train. Um, have also really tailed off and suddenly forgotten how to score, but they're still a very entertaining team. Lyon often struggle against the sort of inverted commas smaller teams, mm. and I'm not entirely sure where Lyon are at because they're coming off a 5 0 defeat in which they actually, for the most part, played really well.
0: They really did, didn't they? I watched that on against, streaming on a against how, against how many men? well yeah there is that but I, I i watched that game in in full and i do want to actually give a quick shout out to to leon um because one corner cost me in the region of about three grand so thanks for that, leon. <laughs> um don't don't gamble kids it's bad for you but um but yeah i i, I thought that game I, I was tuning in thinking you know sat in a hotel room uh, on holiday going yep yeah, i'll 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 use some um some data on this. I watched. It. it should be a really good game, and until that first goal, and then it all fell apart for Leon. I, I did. I really thought they played well, and, well, and I,
2: it, the they played. Off. I think they played well against until the second goal. To be fair, yeah, that's probably fair. For, for an hour, I thought they were the equals of PSG, and if Tussa hadn't got himself sent off just before half time, mm, that was. I, I, do, I think it. they may have got us got something out of it.
0: Mm. At least the one more corner I needed anyway, the buggers um yeah I'm, I'm with you on that one actually, I think that might be <laughs> worth a watch. um The other one that I am keeping an eye on is is the evening game uh can gangomp, just purely because gangomp are desperate for points um and uh, and obviously, Khan, uh, um, uh maybe not fighting for Champions League, <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're another side that it, it's quite a congested table in the in the extent that if if can win that game, they could potentially go as high as eighth. Um, obviously, if they well, lose.
2: Almost half the table is within a point of each other.
0: Yeah, it's it's competitive, isn't it? It really is. But uh, yes, yeah, it's uh, got a got a decent decent weekend to come back to. Um, Has the look of a decent weekend anyway. Um, We will just very very briefly, excuse me, just touch on league dirt as well, which um, also swings back into action this weekend. Um, Not going to go into too much depth, but we'll just give you kind of the table and where things are. Um, Some team called Mets, never heard of them, but they're top at the moment. um, But don't tell Jez. They are a point clear of Loz, who are in second place. You've then got a clutch of... Uh, well, I say clutch. You've kind of got a few teams within a few points of each other. Uh, Brest and uh, the all-conquering mighty Lorient are in third and fourth respectively. There is a bit of a gap <coughs> to Nior and uh, Grenoble, <coughs> who are 17 points, fifth and sixth, with Lav and Paris FC making up that clutch, along with Orléans, I should say, on 16 points. So any one of those pushing for playoffs. You've got a bit of a gap then to clemont in 10th, and then down the bottom, uh, happy to say Nancy have registered a win, uh, which is good. They did beat Gansalek-Ajaccio like um, a while, well, two, two and a half weeks ago. Now they beat them 1-0, so they are no longer pointless, but they still only have four points. Red Star 7, Osea still struggling in the relegation playoff spot with seven points with Ajaccio, uh, Chateru and Sosho. Uh, down at all, up to fifteenth also still struggling uh, i think it 's fair to say that the breast l'oreal clash is probably the uh, the standout fixture um, to have a look at this weekend because that is third playing fourth uh, who have mets got, Jez, uh, they got fifth, um, yeah. so yes that 's also quite a quite a tasty <coughs> game to, to keep an eye on mess um,
2: had it's worth looking out for Metz had lost two in a row yes they got they back did. to winning ways in their last match with how social we're not given two but probably three blatant penalties two two,
0: definitely yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i think riding the luck would be a suitable way of putting that um but uh yeah it could, could be all change um in, in league this weekend depending on on those results so we shall keep a close watch on that one Okay. Um, I don't think there's anything else that we haven't covered this week. We've, uh, I think we've, we've suitably whetted the appetite of the listeners ahead of the return this weekend. Um, but uh, we will, of course, be back next week where we will digest all of that action um, and, uh, and of course, sort of tuck into to whatever may, may come of this weekend. Um you mentioned phil that uh, we had a we have a listener who's hopefully going to do a match report on us we will just finish with the listener section was there anybody asking us any questions or anything they wanted to ask us at all i have a cold i didn't check i'm sorry no that's absolutely fine i think our listeners can forgive you um on that one so so don't worry i just have one question that i'm gonna throw in and um first on the buzzers you can all take it but i'm going to simply pose this question if uh, if a certain contract rebel at, at paris moves Moves on. Is there room in a, a PSG midfield for a Welshman playing his trade in North London at the moment? Don't all jump at once. Hmm. No.
3: No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and,
0: and why? Why is that, Rich?
3: Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't look at the kind of players PSG go for. Unless, unless, to tie back to when we mentioned Arsene Wenger earlier, unless he comes in. That In January to replace yeah. Antero Henrique as yeah. director, the role I've said for all of, all along was the role I thought he was going to follow yeah. after after leaving Peter, after leaving Arsenal. <laughs> that potentially makes some sense because Arsene Wenger has the clout to talk some sense into someone like uh, Nasser El Um But unless that happens, there's I don't think there's any chance.
2: Mm. Hang on, if he's talking sense into El uh, khalifi I'm not sure. That would
3: mean, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Fair point. I suppose so, but in terms of whole, you know, free transfer, not a lot of money, duh, 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 financial fair
2: play. You can just see PSG winning the Champions League by Ramsey playing through chupo Come <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
0: Yeah, and I, I, I really, yeah, I, I can't imagine the meltdown. In uh, we've just got our fan base in order. Can we not? Slide it off the rails again <laughs> Honestly that would be hilarity But uh, no that was the only reason I was curious With the, the whole Wenger link And also as Rich said there The financial fire play element um, I, I think it's fair to say He would probably have been a better option Than Lasana Diara But you know that's just me
2: But um, spamming with faint praise. Right?
0: Yeah, very much so, very much so. But uh, yes, that's uh, seems a good a, a good a place to leave it um, for this week. Then, so um, get well soon, Phil. Hopefully, you're um, you're recovering Thank time you for much. next week, or indeed to to it. Uh, just just look at some posters of Andy Andy law for a week. You'll feel better in no oh, time. Geez. Works for me.
2: I uh, say. The look
1: man's up. under arrest.
0: <laughs> Is he? I, I say, look he up the. He He's still very handsome. Sorry. No, he isn't. Look it. up,
2: look up the clip of uh, Deschamps talking to the France squad after the Germany match and the changing them. You've got Giroud in his hands and us uh, oh, oh Jesus! <laughs> okay, That's so
1: all you, need. you guys have got very more issue with this than I have. Let's yeah. make that very clear.
0: Well, well, there we go. Well, well, well. well my thanks to you, Phil, um, thank and you. thanks, and thank you to Rich, and thank you to Jez as well. Thank you, gentlemen. No, worries. thank you very much. I'm, uh, I'm off to go and have a bath in the strongest pale ale I can find uh, and watch old episodes of Fools and Horses just to make sure that I still feel like a real man after all. Uh, but thank you to everyone for tuning in this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Keep sending us your questions. Uh, we'll do our best to get to those next week. And, uh, and yes, enjoy your French football, club football
2: returns, and uh, we'll be back to cover it all this time next week. Au revoir for now.